You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. That, that's living the Canadian dream right yeah, Absolutely. There. <laughs> Some jalapeno chips and uh, a broken a broken shopping cart and, you know, I, I don't think I'd want to live any other way. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, it is episode 101 of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Brazilian Ty, Travis Curra. Ty, we're, I was hoping to do one last week, but you were in Penticton. What the heck were you doing there? I went to a Kip Moore concert. So that was, it was probably, yeah, it was probably 85% female. <laughs> and you struck out. Oh, I didn't even talk to any. <laughs> At one point, at one point, I was standing. We we had our own seats, but we decided to go up a little further back and stand along a rail with like a little counter on it, like you have at Rexall. Okay. And yeah. I felt the tap on. I felt the tap on my shoulder, and I thought it was my buddy Ryan asking if I wanted another beer. So I turn around, and he's still there. I'm like, okay. So I turn the other way, and there's just some random chick standing there, and she says something, and I don't hear her. So I turned to Ryan and I asked, like, who the hell is that? And I turned around. She says something again. And I just shrugged my shoulders and she walked away. <laughs> so you couldn't hear her because the concert was on, right? Well, that and she's kind of harsh on my mellow. I'm trying to enjoy the concert. <laughs> like, we, we, we trapped. Well, I guess we only flew for an hour and a bit and drove for three for a concert. I'm not going to waste my time. That's true. Never change, buddy. <laughs> Never change. <laughs> it was it was way too hot the whole day. Karan Tai on the Two and Out podcast. I just cut you off so rudely there. Just incredibly rude. I'm sorry. I'm used to it by now. Okay. <laughs> Let, let's get into some stuff here. It's been a while since we've had a show. There's been something called a draft. Um... Never heard of one of those before, but they did that for the very first time. Do you have any initial thoughts on the draft? I know it was a couple of weeks ago. I'm sure we've all talked about it nonstop. Do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, just, I, I wasn't surprised when I saw how many first-round draft picks were O-linemen. Yeah, dude, it was um, a record, but it really didn't surprise me that that record happened. That, that, you need to have... You need to have Canadians on your roster. You, you need to. It's a rule. Um, you know, and if you can not necessarily hide those guys, but put them in non-skill positions and, you know, have the depth at those positions with, along with that, it it just makes sense. So, I mean, to see the amount go that we did in that first round, I, I know it was a record, but I, I'm still not that surprised. You know, and the couple surprises for me is that there were guys going really high. Dakota Shepley, Peter Godber, uh, both top five picks, both O-linemen, obviously. But both guys maybe not going to be in the league this year. And in the past, some of these guys that are getting looks in the NFL, they fall down the draft board really hard. But it's almost like teams are kind of getting used to having to wait on players like this. I, I think if... 
if the talent is there and the, and the ability to play offensive line in this league, even if they there is the chance they're going to go down south, there is a chance they're not going to make that roster. So so you you retain their rights and they're going to want to play football because they want another shot. So uh, it make it makes it makes sense to a point. You don't want to draft every all of your draft picks to be guys that are going to end up in NFL training camps. But I mean, there is going to be an amount that are so. I don't mind it with early picks. You know you're getting a talent if he does happen to come back, and it's going to look really good. Speaking of Dakota Shepley, the Trailer Park Boys just gave him a bit of a shout-out on their Instagram account, and it is absolutely incredible. So i got to play that clip right now. What's going on, Dakota? Just want to congratulate. It's Dakota. Dakota. Dakota, not Dakota. He's not a... Dakota. 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 Hey, Dakota. What's going on? Congratulations on becoming a superstar football player. It's amazing, especially considering I don't know how you did it with all the the dope you smoke. (laughs) What? He's going to get investigated now. I I mean, I was joking about the dope stuff. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to be making some, like, serious cash now, so I do manage people, by the way. I'll make sure you get set up when you retire or get injured, which there's a good possibility. Or get ripped off. You're not going to get ripped off by me, Dakota. New York the Jets. Way to go, Dakota. Oh, man. <laughs> so any time that you get a shout-out from the Trailer Park Boys, that's pretty cool. That That's living the Canadian dream right it, there. Absolutely. <laughs> Some jalapeno chips and... Uh, a broken a broken shopping cart and you know i i don't think i'd want to live any other way i think he's already got a home in sunnyvale if his football career suddenly falls apart but yeah and his dad's got the hockey jersey already yeah he does he does so he's he's in with ricky julian and bubbles that's not a better crew that you could be in with i was on the bc lions den podcast talking about the riders point of view from the draft and i am a bit surprised that they only had what four or five picks in this draft and their first pick goes to a guy that they're probably not going to see this year. And last year, Cam Judge was their 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 first pick. We might be seeing him this year. I think he's got a battle with Sam Hurl for middle linebacker. And the year before, Josiah St. John was the first pick. So the last few years, guys that have been taken in the first round aren't going to contribute to the team right away. So they're kind of looking in the future at the same time as building for now. It's an interesting balance Chris Jones has going in Regina. It it it, it looked like a really good pick when they took Cameron Judge and they kind of lost his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we all know we all know what happened to Josiah St. John ordeal, you know, with him not wanting to sign and wanting more money and yada yada yada. That's all agent. Um but like you said, building for the future but still kind of building for the now. Uh you know you got to have guys. Some like you can't just depend on rookies to fill in these depth spots. You got to have players that are ready to go. Yeah. So, um, you know, these guys that like Josiah St. John and Cameron Judge who might might make the team this year. You know, they, they're still going to have experience. Um, you know, a twenty-three versus a thirty-year-old. That, that's a big difference. There's a lot of strength. Um, you know, and just a little little technique things like that. So, I think the experience of them, even if they're not in this league, uh, you know working out and getting some reps in somewhere is going to be beneficial. And um, let's be honest, the Riders don't want to start Sam Hurl at middle linebacker. They don't have to. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to need to add depth somewhere. And, you know, these, these positions are just where it is right now. And like you said, they're, 
they might not see them this year or the, the year after, but uh, you know, having that option that if they are cut, you're still going to retain their rights for when they come back is nice to have. BC's draft was really interesting. Ed Hervey has already put his mark on this team. The trenches were an area of concern for the Lions last year, both defensive and offensive. They get Peter Godber, even if they don't see him this year. The guy, there's no denying the talent. And they also get Julian Laurent, both in the first round. So they get two amazing Canadian talents in the trenches in this draft. David Mackey they get as well, running back from Western. So... BC has done a really good job at rebuilding that draft. One surprising thing from this draft as well was DBs were really hyped up. We didn't see one go until the second round. It was interesting. Chris Jones said he didn't like any of the defensive backs in this draft. But Edmonton gets Godfrey on Yucca. And then we have Jackson Bennett go as well. I know that Ottawa probably wanted Jackson Bennett to fall to them, but he goes to Hamilton. So it'll be interesting to see how those kids do. It was a really hyped-up defensive back class. And and you normally don't see a lot of uh, Canadian defensive backs. It just seems that they play more – well, not defensive backs, but uh, corners – um, or sorry, halfbacks. Um, you see yeah. them more playing safety safety positions. Um, but if Chris Jones says he didn't like anybody, I, I tend to you know side with Chris Jones. We've seen him, we've seen him build a defense in Edmonton. Yeah. Um, you know, and he he likes he likes his corners to be a little more physical and be able to to battle with those receivers and especially with the size of the receivers in this league, you, you need to be physical and you need to be able to to put up a fight. So, um, you know. A, Hopefully these kids pan out for their teams. You know, you don't want to see a kid fail, but you know, it's if if Chris Jones is saying he didn't like any of the DBs, well, maybe there's something to be said for that. But teams obviously saw something they liked, so they they took that shot. Another thing I noticed from this draft was the the CFL draft seems to be one of those drafts where even if the player has a ton of talent, it's rare for a rookie to come in and have a massive impact in the first year. Edmonton got lucky last year. They they had a great draft with Boateng and more. But for the most part, they need guys that can contribute now on special teams and maybe become a starter sometime down the road. But a lot of times, they're not really drafting the football player. They're drafting the athlete. They're drafting somebody that they see has all this athletic talent and they can mold and they can coach into a starter down the line. And that's, I think, what we saw with – there was a bit of a linebacker run in you know the second and third rounds there a little bit. And that's what happens in this draft. And I know a lot of Bomber fans are really excited about the two receivers that they got. Rashawn Simonize, the guy already has some NFL experience with the – Cincinnati Bengals, and that's another fascinating thing about this draft. Some of these guys, they find out, you know, a couple of days before, hey, my mom's cousin was Canadian. Do, can I can I go into this draft? I'm not saying that's what happened with Simon Eyes, but he has been talked about having a bit of a bad attitude, but they take a shot on him, and if that pans out, that turns out to be an incredible pick for a, a player that already, yeah, has some NFL experience. Well, and he's six four two oh two. That's that's a big target. It is. It's massive, um, and and it's a good thing that uh, they don't have Durant there to miss that target 
on a continual basis, but hey, we'll get into six, that later. Four, he might be able to reach up. <laughs> well, it's not going to be reaching up. It's going to be the five yards he throws it short in front yeah, of him. Anyways. The feet last year was bad. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, but like you said, like, the bad attitude and all that stuff. Well, you know, he, he, they're kids. These guys aren't, you know, they're not in their 30s. These kids are coming out of college or, you know, mid to late 20s. Like, they still got some growing up to do, um, you know, and like like you said, they draft the athlete, and you, you can coach them to do, um, you know, to be what you need them to be by the position. And even, like, the best uh, college athletes that come into this league it still shows the speed that you get from professional to college that it, it's a lot faster game, a lot more physical, and it just takes that much of an adjustment period. Absolutely. Like, NFL, even, you know, Des Bryant or whatever gets drafted in the first round. He's going to play the next year. NHL, Connor McDavid gets drafted you know, first overall, yeah, he's going to play the next year. But the CFL, it's not like that for the most part at all. And speaking of players making an impact, maybe Hamilton is going to have to rely on Mark Chapman, who they took first overall. Uh, they made the trade with Montreal for Ryan Bombin. All of a sudden, it has been talked about that the Alouettes had to overpay for a lot of the Canadians on their team. But that's what happens in free agency. Everyone is getting overpaid. Unless they somehow fall through the cracks, everyone is getting overpaid. But all of a sudden, they got Bombin, Ryan Bombin, veteran, been around the league for a long time. They've got Henock Mwamba. They've got the Westerman boys on the defensive line. They've got some real Canadian talent all of a sudden. They don't have a quarterback, but they got some Canadian players. And, and don't... Don't overlook the offensive tackle they took. Well, it's hard to at six eight three twenty. You know, when you when you're that big, you you might have a little bit of of pull to get into that lineup, um, depending on what happens. But um, especially like free agency, yeah, it does drive up salaries, but especially for Canadians because you, you need them in your starting lineup, yeah. and and they know that, and so it it it's kind of works to their advantage to a point, and kind of hinders uh, the the international players, but. That's the way this league is structured. So it, Montreal kind of overpaid for Canadians, so they're going to have to, you know, hope that there's going to be cheaper options. That if something happens, they're going to have somebody to fill in. So th- this draft is huge for Montreal, especially. So the Tiger Cats do take Chapman, a receiver, first overall, the only receiver taken in the first round. So they must like him. They must like him a lot to trade up to that position, to let go of Bombin. And maybe this was a plan all along because Matthew Gerard comes out of retirement, 26 years old, signs a three-year deal to play offensive line for the Tiger Cats. To go from retirement to signing a three-year contract, they must have really enticed him with a starting role. So they must see a lot of things in both Chapman and Gerard because Fantuz doesn't have a contract right now. Maybe Chapman, depending on how he does in camp, it has been said that he really adjusted well to the to the waggle at the combine. So maybe he's going to be able to do something this season in the starting offense, and they save a pile of money, not only with fan twos off the books, bombing off the books. Are they making room for Johnny Manziel? Oh, we're back to this again. <laughs> it all comes full circle, my friend. <laughs> yeah, every, every, you can tie everything in the CFL back to this, right? It's like the Gretzky trade. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. It, it's tough to say. Um, 
we we saw a couple weeks ago that somebody reported that maybe the league will change the rule so that they he can only only has to stay for one year which i don't, i don't like make you know just it's not fair to just change it for one player and then all of a sudden you know everybody else had these opportunities before and didn't want to take it had to stay for two we saw it with James Wilder wanting to sit out and now he's going to play but um i don't know it i hope I don't want to say I hope not, just because I don't want it to be a gong show. Um, but at the same time, I, I've, I'm a fan of second chances, so I'd like to see Johnny Manziel get a shot, whether or not it's up here in that three-week-long three spring league he's going to play in, apparently, or whatever it is. Um, but also getting back to the Canadians, like you said, with Fantuzan having a contract, well, you, know, you get the same thing in the NHL. Your rookies need to contribute because they're cheap. You can sign your veterans to these big contracts, but your rookies have to be able to contribute in the lineup if you want to go anywhere. And now you're going to see, you have to see the same thing happen in Montreal and in Ottawa with these Canadians having to to be part of whether it be the offense or the defense. But they're, they're going to have to make plays. They're, they're going to have to step up, and because they're making so much more, so much less, they're going to be able to be insulated a little better with with personnel around them. But um, yeah. Getting back to Manziel again, I I don't know. It <laughs> my my opinion changes every week whether or not he's actually going to come or not. I know it, it's kind of funny because all of a sudden the Tiger Cats have a lot of expectation on them because of how last season ended. There, there's yeah, a lot of people it, saying they're going to have a home playoff game this year. Uh, it would in that division, it it wouldn't surprise me. I, maybe that's not the craziest thing to say. There. You know, if, four teams if, in the East. They just have to beat Montreal and Ottawa, really. If if Jeremiah Masoli is what we saw in the last eight weeks last year, they've got a chance to to host the East final. They do. If he plays, if he if that is what he is, look out. If he's a little bit a little bit less than that, they're still they still got a shot at second. Which, I mean, I think it's going to be another four and two year West to East, but. Um, yeah, they, they they're going to be a team that is going to they're not they're not going to lose games sixty to one. No, that's not happening year. again. Um, they're going to be in almost every game they play, I would think. And if if Jeremiah Masoli plays like he did, that this team could could be a force. Let's talk about a player that didn't get drafted. Noah Picton, a Canadian quarterback, obviously for the uh, University of Regina Rams, and he showed well, real well during the combine because he's a hell of an athlete but he is small I know that's that's a big knock on him which is kind of sad I you know Doug Flutie came up to Canada because there was an opportunity for the small guy if the guy can play the guy can play he doesn't get drafted I would have loved to have seen him show up in Regina that would have been just a crazy story if he if he got on with the riders there then you wouldn't have been very far and then you got two Canadian quarterbacks on one team. Uh, that would have been a pretty cool story as well. But the Argos end up signing Noah Picton, and I hope this goes somewhere. Well, I, I, I do too. Um, he was the best quarterback in the best college league in the country. He had, in eight games, he threw for 3,186 yards and 25 touchdowns. That's like awesome. That, that, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> he averaged 398.3 yards a game. He almost averaged 400 passing yards a game in one of the best, in probably the best conference, Can West, in, in U Sport. Um, I think 
quarterbacks not being a ratio position has a lot to do with him not getting drafted um, because, you know, teams can draft other positions where they want to put Canadians and then they can sign him as a free agent, much like Toronto did. Um, but, I mean, he's. I think he might get reps at some point. I mean, Ricky Ray is not a spring chicken. Granted, he is a Grey Cup champion. Yeah. <laughs> Grey Cup champion. <laughs> Four um, Grey Cups, but, the only one in the league that has multiple rings. But... Uh, it's I think I, I honestly think he's got a shot. We we saw Doug Flutie do it. Um, you know, we've we've seen the smaller quarterbacks come come up and be able to do this and I I would love I would love to see him have success up here. Yeah, I, I would absolutely love it too. Let's get to some signings here and all three of these come from BC. Bola Combo, national linebacker. Trayvon Van was with Edmonton last year. And Kevin Elliott, he was a part of the big three with Toronto a few years back. Gurley, uh, Hazleton, and Elliott. Ed Hervey continues to wheel and deal for that Lions team. And bringing in Bola Combo, I'm a fan of him. I, I don't know how much they're, they're paying him. All of a sudden, the Saints release Adam Big Hill. Now, of course... He is not going to come cheap, and the Lions already committed a pile of money, and he's probably going to look for some NFL opportunities first. But if he does come back up to Canada, I don't know if the Lions can make a Team 100 reunion happen. Yeah, he's going to be a big price tag. And they did. Um, they, they did the Euclid Cummings thing happen, so they save money there. But I don't know. Well, uh, trade. Let's be honest here. Trayvon Van's going to get hurt, and he's going to be on the on the uh, on the IR. So that money will come off the books when his when his season is ended with another Achilles or knee. So that might free up some money. Um, it all it you know if, if they can make it work, he's going back. To, he'll, they'll find a way to get him in BC. I don't I don't think he'd want to play anywhere else. His wife's from Canada. there and everything like I, that. Exactly. Like I, I think that would be his number one option and probably his only option, or else he would probably just wait for next year. And see if he can catch on with with a training camp down south. But um, yeah, that they've been throwing money around like crazy and wheeling and dealing in BC. And Ed Hervey's trying to rebuild another team from from fifth place and trying to make them into a playoff again, just like he did with the Eskimos. So he's got he's got some tricks up his sleeve. I'd love to see Adam Bakehill back in BC, but I don't know how they fit him in. All reports say that the Riders have. Actually, some cap space. They're doing okay in that How? situation. I because they don't pay their quarterbacks. I, I'm sure. That, I uh, guess. Cal- yeah. Caleros was expensive, but you have to know that that deal was reworked a lot, uh, performance based, or you know, games started in there, something like that. So they reworked that. And in the past, when they had Kevin Glenn and Brandon Bridge between them. They're probably not making what Mike Riley or Ricky Ray made. So, oh, yeah, guaranteed. So if you got Pearl and Judge as your starting middle linebacker, you throw some money at Big Hill to try to get him to come to Regina. Oh, absolutely. If they could make it happen. We might not see him until after Labor Day, but 
if at all, but, by but that, still. By that point, the Riders will be 7-1 and one and, you know, looking to make a big push in playoffs and make sure they get that home playoff game. Oh, you are confident, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to Montreal. The Alouettes end up bringing back Alan Michael Cash. He was productive with Montreal in the past, but he had some injury issues with Toronto last year. And Khalil Carter steps down as the Alouettes defensive coordinator. Rich Stubler will take over there. Carter is basically, I guess, going to be a scout for them and maybe the highest paid scout in the history of the Canadian Football League. (laughs) Um, If there's one thing Stubler can do, it's run a defense. We've seen it everywhere he goes. Um, The Owls' defense early in the year last year was... Formidable. It was it was really good. You know, they were for sure by on TSN Fantasy. They they were keeping Montreal in games and after week six it took a nosedive. Whether that was personnel injuries, coaching what it was, it, it didn't work. So maybe they just need a new voice in there and I you couldn't ask for anybody better than Rich Stubler. Now let's talk about the retirement that everyone is talking about. Rory oh, Colbert, Canadian oh. receiver. <laughs> retires from Edmonton. But actually, this one surprised me. Andrew Buckley, Canadian quarterback for the Calgary Stampeders, hangs up the cleats, and I guess he's going into a medical medical career. So that, yeah, only leaves two Canadian quarterbacks right now. Unless I'm missing somebody. It's Picton and Bridge. Uh, Yeah, that's all I can come up with. Yeah, I didn't think Buckley was going to hang him up, but when you got Bo Levi in front of you, but now, now there goes your cheap buy. Yeah, on yeah. TSN you, when you, when you want to vulture a couple touchdowns, right? Twenty five hundred bucks and hope for the quarterback sneak across the goal line. Yeah, now that's gone. Damn, it's going to change everything. <laughs> now I don't know what's happening here. Nick Lewis sends out a tweet yesterday saying, "I am not going to retire in the next couple months." Hashtag Stay tuned. Now, just like 10 minutes later, he was on News Talk in Calgary, Sports Talk with Jock, and basically had this to say about the decision on his career. No, that decision has been made a while back, Jock. I you know, I've, I've come to terms with it. You know, it's something that you can't just wake up one day. Um, I didn't want to allow myself to go back and forth on playing, not playing, and things like that. So I'm pretty much made up my mind on, on what – you know, well, I'm good. I don't. I don't need to play anymore. Um, you know, so time to move forward. He kind of sounds like a guy that has made up his mind. There, um, he said. I was he's, thinking he kind of sounds like a guy waiting for a contract, get the bonus, and then retire. Well, he got the bonus. He, he had a thirty thousand dollar bonus this off season. Oh, so, that is right. So I'm the surprised Owls, they didn't release him. So the Owls had to pay him. Already, uh, he did say he is going to be at training camp. Maybe he's going to become a coach. And he also actually mentioned that there's an analyst position open up at TSN Radio in Montreal during Alouette games. Davis Sanchez did it. Now he said he's too busy with CFL.ca. So there are a couple opportunities for Nick Lewis in Montreal to at least have some work in the Canadian Football League. I think he is retired, but kind of a weird way to go about it. You, you got to think the one-day contract with the Stampeders and not playing anymore would be the way to go for Nick. I, I would think so. I think that's what will happen. Um, you know, and if he does end up on TSN in Montreal, that's going to be must-listen. 
Yeah, that would be. I I would love Lewis on the on the. They radio would have to run it on a five second delay. <laughs> but it'd still be worth it. Now let's talk about the retirement. This is this whole story is absolutely insane. So we get word. Was it Friday or Thursday? The Darian I believe it. I believe it was Friday because I think I woke up in Penticton and read this on my phone. The Darian Durant released a statement on his website saying he is retiring. Now, of course, he got a seventy thousand dollars signing bonus with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers back when he signed with them. Uh, the Bombers, I guess, were waiting for a de- decision from Durant. And according to them, never got a solid decision from Durant's agent at all. But now he is done. Now, the players, every single player in the Canadian Football League that I have seen tweet about this issue are on Durant's side. Because how many players get cut the day before they're owed some sort of bonus? It happened to Durant himself with the Alouettes. It happened to Muamba. I think it's happened with every team Moamba has been on. <laughs> Whether it's the Bombers, <laughs> the Riders, or the Alouettes. Right? It feels like every yeah, team, about right. it's happened to him. And Durant does this, the $70,000 bonus, and retires. I I am inclined to believe that he did intend on playing for the Bombers once upon a time. According to him, he did some training. His body did not respond the way you'd want a pro quarterback body to respond, and he just had a new new kid, so he his priorities changed, and he doesn't want to uh, play football anymore. And I think part of it is he doesn't want to be a backup a- at all in his career. I'm kind of glad that his career doesn't end that way. We can kind of forget about the entire debacle that was last year in Darian Durant's career. But the last few years, he's been beat up. Achilles, elbow, there's been a lot of stuff that he's had to put up with. Now he's in his mid-30s and I guess hanging up the cleats. Where do you stand on this issue? Because a lot of Bomber fans are mad about it. It's one of those issues where Ryder fans are celebrating it, Bomber fans are absolutely hating it it's not like those two fan bases really agree on many things but where do you stand on it to be honest i'm indifferent but when i woke up and read this i literally laughed out loud because <laughs> because for one thing like you said player te- players get cut the day before bonuses are due happens every year happens to the best some of the best players you know um Adarius bowman Yep. Cut before his bonus was due, like you said, Mwamba. You know, this always happens. On the other hand, him saying he deserves it is one thing. That was an interesting choice of words. I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've said some stupid stuff, but come on. It was a signing bonus, and a signing bonus that, is basically you getting paid for what you have done for, in your career. For your so. autograph. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. On the... On the on, Point number two on that side, I think he kind of played the system. Like you said, he had been he'd done some training. His body wasn't reacting or recovering the way he would want it. And I don't know if I believe the Blue Bombers or not, saying they never got a definitive answer. But do you think 
if Darren Durant tells him, yeah, I'm going to, re- I'm probably not, I'm not coming back. And then they're, they're just going to cut him anyway. And then they owe him nothing. This way he gets, re- he gets out on his own terms. He gets, he gets the money, he gets to keep the money and whatever it's done. So it, and the players are totally behind him, which they should be because when it comes to, they have no rights basically when it comes to money in this league, they get cut before bonuses are due that nobody cares. And from the team side, I could see why they're pissed off at the same time. So that's why I'm kind of indifferent. I, I kind of sitting on the fence. I can see both sides. But yeah, when I woke up and read it, and I I just sat there for five minutes and laughed. And I was like, that, you never see this happen like this. But you know, it couldn't happen to a nicer team. Well, Mo Price did it to the Riders, and then Stampeder fans and Bomber fans mm-hmm. were laughing at the Riders. Now the tides have turned. Uh, a little bit. And you're right. Darian Durant, can you imagine if he went out on his career just being cut? That would suck. Uh, that, that, that would be. It, it, this looks bad. That would be the absolute worst way to end a career. So who knows? It, Maybe he would have shown up to training camp and been unable mm-hmm. to perform. You're right. And and like you said, he just had a, a brand new baby. And a lot of guys are retiring earlier and earlier because yeah. they want to be able to play with their children. There's a lot of guys who are in the fifties who can't move, you know, and they had a kid later on in their career. Well, they can't do anything for them. They can't do anything with them. You know, these guys are so beat up after their football career is over. It's, it's, it's a struggle getting out of bed. As a Ryder fan yourself, do you have any memories that come to mind of his playing career? uh, Well, there was always hashtag blame Durant or Durant's fault. (laughs) <laughs> that, that was always a good one on he game put days. up with a lot of crap now he's putting up he with did. crap from bomber fans right now but if he doesn't win that gray cup in 2013 this is he is not looked at the way he is he right win, now from right if he doesn't Nation. win that gray cup if he doesn't win that gray cup in 2013 nobody gives a damn he would have been done in saskatchewan because yep he put up with so much crap with that fan base. It's funny because now he's putting up with crap from the Bomber fan base and the Ryder fans are kind of in love with him because of 2013. And if that didn't pan out, then <laughs> he, he doesn't really have much of a legacy in Saskatchewan. It is hard to win a Grey Cup. It is even harder to win Two. I, I did say it earlier in the show. Ricky Ray is the only quarterback in the league to have multiple Grey Cup championships. But when he's got back-to-back Grey Cup appearances, 09 and 10, and he had 13, he's got a very similar win-loss record in the Grey Cup to Bo Levi Mitchell. Oh, I knew you were going there. <laughs> no, he's, he's Same not amount as, of wins. Not Same as amount of wins. Bo. Uh, he threw more interceptions, but he did more with his legs. Uh, he got sacked more, obviously. Maybe that's a product of the offensive line, though. But if Bo doesn't win that Grey Cup in 2014, what are people saying about his career? That he was the best to never win one. <laughs> or the best that hasn't won one yet, really. And that if game, he shouldn't have won that if it's, game. If it's Bo uh, Levi... It would have been a but stupid it, penalty from uh, the Ticats. Exactly, so. exactly, right? And people say the same thing about Ben Roethlisberger. Well, he didn't win two Super Bowls. His defense did. He's still a starting quarterback. That's who gets saddled with the loss, and that's who gets credit for the win. So I, you look at Darren Durant. Without 2013, 
I don't know if he would have like he would have been out of Saskatchewan a lot sooner than he was. Well, regardless of the injury, regardless of the injuries, there were a lot of Ryder fans that wanted him gone in twenty eleven, before that, twenty twelve. So it's not easy to win championships in any sport. No, it's not. So let's just pump the tires on saying Durant should have been gone. That or like I, I was always a Durant supporter, and I really thought that you know, yeah, he had the injuries, and when he went to Montreal, I really thought he was going to be able to somewhat turn Montreal around, and then it just went to hell. Um, but yeah, like. I don't know, for Darren Durant memory, it would have to be 2013 because we were there. And, you know, that's the thing that sticks out the most. Or was it the 2010 season opener that went to double overtime against Montreal after the 13th man? Because that was a hell of a game as well. It was such a damn good time to be a Rough Riders fan. And that doesn't mm-hmm. happen if Darren Durant isn't there. I, I, I There's no other way around it. He made the last few years of Taylor Field Real memorable. There were some amazing memories there. Uh, the hottest I've ever been at a football game was probably that 2010 opener against Montreal. I'll never forget that. How hot I was that day. So we drove all the way, all the way from Lloyd Minster. We get out at the co-op to uh, do some gassing up and getting some snacks and cash before heading to the stadium. And I remember walking out of the vehicle and, like, I could not breathe. I'm like, oh, God, we have to watch a football game in this weather. And there was a (laughs) thunderstorm. And you know the prairies. You can watch thunderstorms from miles away, and they're not affecting you at all. So driving all the way back from Lloyd Minster, we got a hell of a light show from Mother Nature that night. And then three years later in the playoffs, the West Semi against the BC Lions, that was probably the coldest I'd ever been <laughs> at a football game. And the, when he took that game over in the fourth quarter, and it looked like the team was done. The dude's not wearing sleeves. My feet are numb. And he's just running all over the field and put the team on his back. He did it multiple times against the Stampeders in the playoffs. The West Final in 09 and 10. It was a good time to be a Ryder fan. And if it's not for Anthony Calvillo, he might have three rings. Oh, a very distinct possibility for sure. It was just, you've seen it in the NBA right now, the Raptors win 59 games, but LeBron is still in the East. Well, yeah, and, how many how know, many great players did nothing in the 90s in the NBA, if it weren't for Michael Jordan, <laughs> right? He, and screwed. the two year he gave Houston two championships because he went and tried baseball. Yeah, he absolutely did. <laughs> Comes back and wins three more in a row. Right, and it's the same thing with Anthony Calvillo. You knew the Montreal was going to be in that Grey Cup, and yeah. if they weren't, it was a surprise. Yeah. So, so you knew didn't matter what happened in the regular season. You know, you got get through your division, but you still got to get through Montreal in that Grey Cup, and it was just so hard because they were so good and so well coached. So all of a sudden, uh, the Bombers had a lot of quarterback depth, or at least they thought their fans were happy with the quarterback situation heading into this year, and now they've got a backup quarterback battle happening at training camp. Training camp opens this Sunday across the league. I think it's about time two and out goes weekly for the rest of the season. So happy to have football back. One more note on Durant. Did you catch his Twitter account on Mother's Day? I saw a few things. Uh, mainly the whole entire stay in your own lane comment. We were a little busy on Sunday. I jumped in the lake. Okay. And it was not warm. (laughs) 
So <laughs> my fingers were a little numb. I couldn't really do much. Um, and my eyes were a little crossed by that point in the day. So it was a little tough to, to keep up on Twitter. And I tried on the plane, but I needed to sleep. He tweeted probably more that day than he did in his entire career in Saskatchewan. <laughs> and he, yeah, that sounds about right. It was fun to watch. He was giving it back. Bomber fans were giving it to him. And he already said he is going to be at Labor Day this year. So, Oh, boy. <laughs> I, 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 that's not that surprising. I want to see him go to the Banjo Bowl and see what happens. Do we really want that? <laughs> I do. I mean, last year it was all the spitting on Duran Carter thing. Send Durant to Winnipeg. Let's rat, let's get those fans even crazier. I'd love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably wouldn't. They'd probably they'd boo the entire game. Yeah, they wouldn't. That's true. They wouldn't be able to shut up, and then you know Nichols would not be able to make play calls. So yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Let's let's start a GoFundMe page. Send Durant to the Banjo Bowl. <laughs> All right, fans across the country, enjoy training camp. Maybe you can get out and watch some practices if the weather stays nice. Have a good May long weekend, man. You got any plans? I'm going to pack and maybe golf. We'll see what we got for tea times. All right, buddy. I'm heading. Stay uh, out of the sun as much as possible. Heading to Jasper this weekend. Hopefully it doesn't snow. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, it's May long in Alberta. It has to. <laughs> all right, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. It's the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.